from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. So that, that, that's, what I'm uh, keep doing. that's a really gracious response. I have to wonder though, does it make you angry? Yeah, I mean, I think mostly it just makes me sad. Um, The other thing is, too, we need to pour everything we can into getting people vaccinated. So when we do that, I think it will be very attainable for us to get to um, the vaccination rates we need in order to be able to take our masks off. I'm Sarah Fenske. Tuesday was a long, disappointing night for Lisa Clancy. The St. Louis County Councilwoman introduced an ordinance to restore the county's indoor mask mandate. It was voted down. That happened after several hours of vitriol in public comments, some directed at Lisa Clancy in some very personal ways. And Councilwoman Lisa Clancy joins us today to discuss everything that happened. Councilwoman, welcome back to the show. Good afternoon, Sarah. Happy to be here. So Thursday, or sorry, Tuesday, uh, this was a tough night. Are you surprised that vote didn't go your way? You know, in many ways, I am surprised. Um, I have a lot of respect for all of my colleagues on the council, despite some fierce political and policy differences. But at the end of the day, I do believe that all of us truly want to do right by our community, especially when it comes to protecting each other and protecting all of our residents throughout this pandemic and especially in the face of this dangerous Delta variant. But that's not what I saw on Tuesday night. And so um, in some ways it did surprise me. So you we should be able to stand up right now together. You had introduced this ordinance to put masking back um, in St. Louis County after the council had previously overruled the county executive who had done this mask mandate without the council's approval. What made you think you might have the votes this time? Were you getting some signals from people behind the scenes that they were open to this? Well, not behind the scenes. I mean, if you listen to our our uh, council meetings for the past few weeks, what I heard and what my colleagues many of them spoke about was that they had process concerns about how the masking order came about. Mm -hmm. Um, And that goes back to whether or not the county executive acted according to the new state law that was passed this year, which really put some constraints on what we were able to do at the local level. And they were concerned that he was acting outside of the boundaries of this new state law. And that's why we have a court case right now. Um, So I decided to move forward and remove a lot of those process barriers. I believed them when they said that there were process concerns. However, it feels after this past week that the goalposts have again moved um, when many of them were then um, voting in a way that didn't matter now that we had taken out those process concerns and done it in a way that was completely generated from the council. Hmm. And so you had this vote again, and this was not a roll call vote. I can't tell people exactly how everybody voted on this because it was just done by voice. How unusual is that? It's, it is unusual. Um, so in my two and a half years on the council, um, there has never been a request for a roll call vote denied. And in fact, it was a charter violation. Section 2.080 of the St. Louis County Charter provides for any council member to call for a roll call vote. And, um, and you called so for that in this case. I did. I called for it twice. <laughs> Not <laughs> once, but a second time. Um, are you sure, Madam Chair? Um, and it was uh, it was uh, 
pushed down both times I called for it. But I think, it, it, you know, I called for it because this is an important issue. It's important for all of us to understand exactly where each council member stands on this issue of public health and common sense approaches to keep us all safe and healthy right now. And it appears that the chairwoman and the majority of council members decided to hide, hide behind a voice vote. Um, so the fact this was a charter violation, you're saying, and you cited some very specific uh, numbers mm-hmm. there. Uh, do you have any recourse on this? I don't know. You know, I'm talking through. I'm talking through that with our with our legal uh, counsel right now. Um, you know, but I you could maybe force at this point. It, it sounds we'll like see. I mean, you I, know, I don't, I don't know. Lost. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah. So it would only be a question of forcing people to go on the record if you brought this up again. Right. I think it's at this point. I think it's pretty clear where people stand. Um, but again, do they have the courage to come out and say exactly how they voted? We'll find out. So that brings me to just the overall divide on the St. Louis County Council. Mm -hmm. There's really a bitter split on this council. And what makes it so unusual is that there's two black women Democrats who now are voting with the Republicans on a number of fronts, including this one. What do you blame for that? I think that there's a lot of political beef and scores to settle. And it's really, really unfortunate because that's getting in the way, I think, of the good judgment that I know that that my colleagues have on the council um, and, you know, lives and livelihoods are at stake because of that political beef that is blinding some of my colleagues. I am especially disappointed in my Democratic colleagues who have not um, voted in a way that I think actually is aligned with the principles of, of what it, of, of, of Democratic values and beliefs. Um, we, we, we stand for science. We stand for public health. Masking along with vaccines are based in science and evidence. It's based in what we are being told we need to do from medical and health experts within St. Louis County and all across our region and the country right now. And so, you know, to continue to thumb our noses at what we are being called on by experts to do, again, to save lives, lives and livelihoods is is awful. It, it brings me a lot of sadness. Your colleague Kelly Dunaway got some pushback for suggesting mm-hmm. that um, these two women, with the way that they're voting, are not really even Democrats anymore. Do you, do you think she was right about that? Well, I think that, um, you know, that's between the councilwomen, between Councilwoman Dunaway and Councilwoman Webb and, and Chairwoman Days. Um, I think probably what I presume she meant by that was that the Democrats are a party that stands up for public health and science. And again, continuing to vote against what we are being told by medical and public health experts we need to do to protect people in this pandemic goes against those values. So looking at this split among the fellow Democrats there and the politics behind it, do you feel like you have some responsibility for that? I mean, you pursued re-election as chair on this timeline that basically ensured that one of the duly elected council members wouldn't be able to vote on it, that this would have been the person that she replaced who got that Mm -hmm. vote. Do you feel like that was a mistake? You know, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on that, Sarah, and I, I, I think that I didn't I think that there were some things that I miscalculated about that, and um, I have some regrets, and I've, I've learned, and I have shared just as much with my fellow councilwomen about that situation, and I understand why, why that was hard for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, we got to move past that, especially, again, when the duty in front of us is to protect people in the face of coronavirus and this da- dangerous Delta variant. 
And have you attempted to sort of calm those waters to do behind the scenes um, conversations with these two women and, and get back in a good place? Oh, after absolutely. That vote? Absolutely. And I think you can see from my voting record that and my record as a legislator in terms of the things that I've gotten done, I've gotten a lot of bipartisan things done. Um, and I am not a transactional Um, public servant. You know, I've supported some of the work that they've done. I've helped to amplify some of the work that they've done over the past eight months or so. Um, And it's really disappointing that we can't all stand together right now, not just as Democrats, but as a council to protect people's lives and livelihoods. So one of the big criticisms about this bill I heard coming from Republicans and also some people in the audience, um, they said that this sunset provision, that this mask mandate would be in place until I believe 70 percent of the county was vaccinated, that that just seemed like a a method to having this go on indefinitely. Um, What would you say to that? Well, I would say that first, I did consult with our public health and medical experts about what an appropriate sunset provision should be. Um, Without a sunset provision, I would say that potentially the mandate could go on indefinitely. Um, And this is one thing that makes the ordinance that I proposed different than what was in the health order. Um, The other thing is too, we need to pour everything we can into getting people vaccinated. So when we do that, I think it will be very attainable for us to get to um, the vaccination rates we need in order to be able to take our masks off. The other criticism, people are saying this could have led to big fines, fines up to $2,000, up to a year in jail, because people could be uh, found guilty of failing to comply with a health ordinance, that this would be a class A A misdemeanor. Is that a fair concern? No, and I'm glad you brought that up, Sarah. That is absolutely false. Um, When I was working on this ordinance, our counselor's office can attest to this. I went to them and said, look, how do we enforce this? I do not want people to go to jail. I do not want people to be fined for violating this mask mandate. Um, And so we crafted it in a way to ensure that that wouldn't happen. Additionally, the state statute that was cited has a major loophole in it that I'm not sure um, my council colleagues who have brought that up are aware of. Um, The loophole um, is such that we would only the misdemeanor, the potential for someone to be fined exorbitantly or even go to jail could only happen if the jurisdiction, the local jurisdiction, in this case, St. Louis County, published the ordinance in like a local paper for up to three weeks, at least three weeks. We don't plan on doing that. Therefore, that we have a loophole that provides that the kind of enforcement they're claiming would happen just wouldn't. So that is false, and I want people to understand that. That is, that, that's interesting to hear. I hadn't heard about that particular thing. So if this went through, you would make sure it wouldn't be published. There wouldn't have been plans to, to publish it. Absolutely, yes. So in that case, would it be unenforceable? Would this just be something in name only, um, just kind of a, a reminder to people, wear your mask with no teeth behind it? No, I think that 80% of the community probably roughly, I'm not a behavior scientist, but I think, you know, the St. Louis County that I know and love is is full of people that want to do the right thing. People that when they are asked to do something that might be a little bit extra, such as the case in an emergency or a crisis, they're going to step up and do what they're asked to be asked to do. Um, you know, I've been out and about actually um, 
well, I've been limiting, my family and I have been limiting our trips outside of the house, but, you know, I was I was shopping recently at a place where people weren't masked. I asked them why. They said, well, there isn't an, a mandate in St. Louis County anymore. Hmm. So that tells me people are paying attention to what they're being asked to do. Of course, we're going to have some people that are going to not comply, as we were told very boldly at our council forum for the past few weeks, but most people want to do the right thing, and there is evidence that shows that these mandates do make a difference. We're talking today to St. Louis County Councilwoman Lisa Clancy. On Tuesday, her attempt to reinstate a mask mandate in St. Louis County was voted down a somewhat unusual vote in that it was done by voice. Uh, but there does appear to be a consensus against this on the St. Louis County Council at this point. Now, Lisa, you mentioned some of these comments coming out at the, this hearing and, frankly, have happened at previous hearings as well. Some of this was downright ugly. I want to play a clip um, from a member of the public who spoke at Tuesday meeting. She gave her name as Justina Case. Lisa, I will address you even though that gentleman did not. I have been a single parent. I ask you to do your job. As a single parent, I also nursed my child. And I had to put my milk aside so that other people could feed him when I couldn't. This is your job that you begged your people to vote you in for, which means you need to pay attention. You need to find a babysitter. And if your father of your children cannot be said parent, then you need to find one of your constituents that love you to be your babysitter, someone you trust. Instead, you are forcing to stay on Zoom and not be part of this council. So those are some really angry words. This is from a member of the public who spoke. There was about two hours worth of public comment before it got to the part where the council took over. Um, and Councilwoman Clancy, it, it feels weird to amplify this on our airwaves today, but we wanted to give people a sense of, of some of the things that are being said and being said in a public meeting. What's your reaction to that listening back to it today? Hmm. I hadn't heard that since Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> you weren't just sitting there playing it over and over. <laughs> no. Um, you know, and a lot of people have checked in on me and asked me how I'm doing. Um, Sarah, you're a mom. You know this firsthand. Moms are tough as you know what. Um, I can take that heat. It makes me really sad, I think, for a couple of reasons. One, it sounds like that this mother didn't get the support she needed from her community and from her village and from her workplace. Um, when she needed it the most, when she was a single mother. Um, and that goes back to part of why I'm in this position. Um, moms still aren't treated in our society, working moms especially, as they should be. I mean, it's, it's 2021. Um, and we need to step up for moms. We need to step up for children. Um, and, you know, the, the other piece that, that strikes me, too, is that, you know, when you hear things like this, it makes you wonder, is this part of why there aren't more more moms, more women in public office? Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's something that's concerning um, across party lines that actually unites Democratic women and Republican women. Um, so, you know, I'm going to continue to take care of my children while also um, being a public servant and showing up the way I need to in many ways in my community. It's possible to do both. Um, so and that that's, uh, that's a really gracious response. I have to wonder, though, 
doesn't make you angry. I mean, hearing something like that, it's so personal, basically calling you out for tending to your child during this meeting, and I, I assume kind of tilting the camera so people couldn't see you were breastfeeding is, is mm -hmm. what she was angry about. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I think mostly it just makes me sad. Hmm. Um, it just makes me sad. And I believe the irony was I, I've gotten some heat for people saying I'm texting during the meetings. They want to see my text messages. They can see the text message that where I'm texting my husband saying, can you please come upstairs and get the baby and change his diaper? He just had a blowout on my shirt. Yes, I sat through <laughs> half of that meeting with a blowout on my shirt the other night. Um, and I believe my husband actually he said to me after the meeting, I was holding the baby when that woman commented. So, so there you go. It, it, we've got some good teamwork going on here. Um, I'm and, glad your uh, husband that baby's is not going to be leaving my side until he's he's ready to. And, and yeah, we should mention just how young this baby is. This is your your younger son now. He's just two months old. Is that right? Yeah, he turned uh, he turned two months on Monday. And and the fact that people are angry that you're tending to him during a time when I feel like most women would still be on maternity leave. Right. I right. mean, this is this is not yeah, like you're doing was, this at, at a year old. Right. I mean, there's, I'm sure I could have uh, completely signed off if I wanted to this summer, but no, that's not, that's not what I signed up for. And, um, you know, I made some arrangements. Uh, my assistant has stepped up big time. Carter, I hope you're listening today. Thank you. Um, in order to provide coverage so that I could in some ways um, dial back just a little bit this summer. But we've got too many important things going on in our community right now. And uh, my constituents and the residents in St. Louis County need all of us at the table right now as we, again, as we continue to forge our way through this pandemic. Um, and, you know, and as a mom, too, I'm thinking about everything that's at stake for our children right now. And so, again, it's important for me to step up from that perspective as well. I have two children who aren't old enough to be vaccinated yet. So you better believe that's part of what's driving me as I continue to work for masking, vaccines and other things that we need to do here. So there is certainly a lot of vitriol that's been directed at you. At the same time, when we said we were going to have you on today, we heard from any number of listeners who are just, mm -hmm. you know, they have your back and they want to know how they can help you. Um, Mary writes on Facebook, she's a hero here standing up for science and community health. So many pro-mask people can't be in these anti-masker crowds because of the COVID risks. Ask her how the pro-mask crowd can get our messages to the council. We email, what else can we do? Any thoughts on how these supporters could support? Yes, yeah, so we are getting those emails. I am reading them all. Um, we have gotten slammed with emails over the past couple of weeks um, from people who say exactly what you said Mary just shared. They don't feel safe in our chambers to make their voices heard. I don't blame them. Our chambers are not safe right now. They have the ingredients for a super spreader event. I think it's just a matter of time, unfortunately. So keep emailing us, keep calling us. Um, but in the meantime, um, you know, I we need to make our chambers safer right now. We need to require masks in our chambers along with everywhere else. Um, we need to put some health protocols in, in place so that people feel comfortable right now coming and talking to us and we can get a more diverse um, diverse perspective on these issues. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not just thinking about um, some of the folks that I've heard from um, who've got children who can't get vaccinated at home that are concerned, but also our community of, of residents who are who are disabled and who are immunocompromised. We need to make sure that our chambers are a place that's safe for everybody. You know, when I was chairwoman, we met for virtually for over a year and we did comments virtually. Why are we not doing that again? We have the technology to do that. So I think 
you know, that's something we should be able to stand up again to. So could that be a matter of discussion in the coming weeks, that even if the county doesn't want to mandate uh, private businesses to do something, that it, it could institute a mask mandate for its own meetings? Or is that a non-starter with this group at this point? I don't know. I, let's have the discussion about it. Um, let's have the discussion about it now. We can't wait four weeks for a hearing on any of these issues related to COVID. Um, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep fighting. Um, and I hope that hearts and minds on the council could be softened again with the voices of the community members, um, who I think are probably actually the majority of folks. Well, St. Louis County Councilwoman Lisa Clancy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.